yeah, I think generally we're, we're getting a sort of notification fatigue. Uh, and it, I think it's going to be a major, and I think it already is, but I think it's going to be something that we will develop sort of social more mores around in terms of when you can, you can notify someone of something, um, and software will have it and it'll be like, it'll be in the legal system. Like I think maybe it even is in like France or Germany or something like that, where you can't like if a person is checking their work email after hours, then they should be paid and things like that. And uh, I think that's there's a lot of questions around that sort of thing, like notification or productivity that that uh, we're going to answer as a civilization. Welcome to Digital Mindfulness. I'm your host, Lawrence Sampofo. On the show today, I'm here with Levi Buxis. He's the founder and CEO of Momentum a Chrome-based dashboard that helps people become more creative and productive by minimizing distraction. You should listen to this episode if you want to find out A, how to start a business from scratch, but also the role that software plays in our mental health and how notification fatigue decreases our overall productivity and creativity. But first of all, welcome to Digital Mindfulness. We bring together the best teachers, thought leaders, and companies to teach you how to be your best self in an age of digital distraction and information overload. If you're new to the show, then the best place to find out more about us is to visit digitalmindfulness.net forward slash start, which has a collection of some required listening podcasts where we discuss everything from becoming more focused in a distracted world to habit building, overcoming digital distraction, cyberbullying, internet addiction, and much, much more. Okay, enjoy the show with Levi Buxis. So, hi <laughs> Levi, welcome to the Digital Mindfulness Show, and thanks so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, Lawrence, thanks for the invite. Let's talk about you and your route to momentum, and I'm wondering if you can just, A, give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself, but also... What inspired you exactly to start Momentum? Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> Big questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Tell me your life story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And keep it short and to the point. Uh, short and interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how did I get to Momentum? Um, I guess I've been trying to answer the question of productivity or improved performance or even the creative method for a long time. And I've been cycling around those topics for the large part of my at least adult life. Um, so anything from the psychology side, which I which I studied in university, to um, sort of a practical. I've been involved with uh, technology since I was a kid, and sort of the practical side of it. And um, coming to momentum, there's a number of things. So one thing, um, I moved out to the coast from inland from the prairies in Canada. And uh, I was struck with how beautiful we lived on the coast for a bit. I really wanted to get a feeling for the rural life uh, before I moved into the city. So we lived a little bit out, outside of Victoria. And uh, I would, we, we had a nice place just on the harbor. It was super lucky that we found it. And uh, every morning I'd walk outside to walk the dog and I would look across the harbor at the, at the hills and the mountains. And I would just be struck with how beautiful it was. And it struck me with how timeless of, uh, of an experience that is as a human and how deeply it connects with us. And maybe even on some genetic level, it, it connects with us. Uh, and it just has an impact. And I think there's a number of studies that have kind of shown the, the, the health benefits of looking at nature. And 
Uh, so I wanted to, to take that kind of feeling, that sort of inspiration I felt in that moment and recreate it throughout the day so I could use it. Um, and then I wanted to bring in a bunch of other stuff. So another thing was um, I had made a little text message thing. So at the end of the day, it would send me a text like, hey, Levi, did you go to the gym today? And I'd say no. And it would say, oh, maybe tomorrow. And it was all it was more making technology more communicative. And this was before I made momentum. And uh, and at the same as part of that app as well, I had this daily text it would send me in the morning. It would send me a text with a motivational quote. And then those quotes ended up going into momentum. Uh, so those two concepts came in. And then another thing that impacted uh, momentum was I one day I was thinking, you know, I wonder how many hits all of the sites I've ever made have gotten. Because here I am, you know, debating, like not trusting myself over this decision. And maybe, you know, my sites have been visited so many times that I can get that validation and not, you know, doubt myself over this little thing. And so I went through Google Analytics and all the sites that were in there. And it added up to something like 3 million. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Like 3 million total hits. A whole bunch of my sites weren't tracked in there uh, over time. But, you know, there's 3 million that I can prove right there. So, you know, why do I doubt myself? And then, so I thought, how cool it would be just to see that metric on a screen somewhere so I could get reminded of it because um, a lot of what I create is, it, you know, is digital and it's it's intangible and it's transient and it's really quickly out of sight, out of mind. And uh, I wanted this way to kind of remind myself of what I had created. Um, my family is a bit more tradespeople, so they I was kind of used to that feeling of seeing what you create. Um, and yeah, ironically now momentum gets probably more than three million in like by noon in a day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a crazy, a crazy kind of exponential. Or I don't know what to how, how to think of it, but like if once you start to, it's almost like the what gets measured gets managed concept. Like here, I, there's the first time I'd ever measured it, and all of a sudden it just exploded in terms of the outcome. Uh, but yeah, so I kind of wanted to bring all those things into one. And you know, in a movie where they have like this far fetched there's like dude on a computer and it's super far fetched and there's like nine screens and he's programming with like 3d blocks and putting it all together. Like I like, I wanted to kind of recreate that, but in a kind of format that I could use and make and, uh, in a daily, on a daily basis. And, uh, another piece of it was there's all this great material out there, all this great information. Um, if you get interested in like stoicism or mindfulness, you can go to YouTube and, you know, listen to entire books and like listen to like 10,000 life coaches or business coaches or therapists talk about it and you can totally, you know, expand your mind. But then if you go to sleep and you wake up the next day and you forget about it and you've kind of fall back in your old patterns, then it's, you know, it, it kind of falls down at that point. So I, I figured maybe the point to really make a difference was not in like putting out more information. It was like figuring out a way to kind of put that into practice better. And uh, one example I like to go for is uh, if you hear the stories of, of some actors in California, often they'll, they'll move to California on a whim, like they're chasing their dream and uh, they're trying to make it. And anytime they're working as a waiter or waitress and uh, they, they have no money and they're living in their car. And like, there's at some point where their will just becomes suffused with this, this goal and this idea. And it seemed to me like in some sense that is maybe part of what makes people successful by some definition of successful is when they, when their entire will becomes focused on this one outcome, uh, maybe to the extent that they can fully believe in it or something like that. And, uh, I wanted to help 
create that as well um, by not making the person have to do as much work or as much mental effort to get to that spot. Like if we can kind of help provide a little bit of structure that it gets them to that spot a little bit every day, like here's a quote, here's a photo, here's your goal. Uh, maybe that can make a bit of a difference. And yeah, so that was my way of kind of taking all those things, trying to kind of simplify it and boil it down to one. And, and I mean, also I was working as a, as a, a consultant or I was working freelance at the time and, and remote. And, uh, sometimes it'd be pretty boring when I was working by myself and I needed a way to help stay on focus. And, uh, that's also part of momentum. So those things kind of all came into one and I woke up is kind of a long winded explanation. Uh, <laughs> I woke up one morning and uh, it was just in my head and I sat down and the design came out. I actually went to a mall food court and uh, amongst a bunch of old people <laughs> just having their daily coffee and Chinese food. And uh, within an hour I had, I had designed it and sent a screenshot to, or at least the basic concept and sent a screenshot to a buddy. And he got super excited and he's like, well, let me, you know, start building some of this. And we worked, uh, he worked on it a bit and, uh, I got really busy with work and so it was kind of that was about a month later and it just sat on a shelf for quite a few months and it only ever ran on his computer for a few months and then at some point I had finished up enough of my work and I picked it up again and I installed it and then I uh, you know added a bunch of extra stuff to it and eventually launched it and uh, I thought you know maybe it would get 5,000 users maybe 50,000 and that would be sort of a thing that I could hang my hat on and uh, it would maybe you know, leverage a, another contract for me or something like that. Like we could use it to find more work, like build our name or something or, but also it was just something that I wanted to share and, uh, wanted to explore the Chrome store idea. Like maybe it would kind of market itself for me. And, uh, um, yeah, so then it, we, I ironed out a few bugs over that month and, uh, we barely had any users, maybe like 500 or something like that. And, uh, then one morning, uh, I was on Reddit Somebody posted a, it was in our our slash productivity the subreddit and somebody posted something around the, like hey what's your favorite productivity tools and I posted a comment hey I made this tool to with a buddy to stay focused or something like that check it out and I went to sleep and I had um, Twilio set up to send me a text for every install we had and uh, I woke up the next morning and my phone was totally spammed out with texts of people installing it and uh, for the entire day. I couldn't even really use my phone because uh, it had died because so many texts were coming in. And then once I got it back on, it it was just, it could never catch up on the number of texts. And uh, yeah, so that was an amazing experience. And it had been, I don't know, somehow it got picked up from that comment. And then it had been posted on a new site in like Norway and then one in India. And then it just kind of spun up that way and it just spread. And ever since it's been, it's been crazy. I thought it was going to be a fad. I thought it would die out after a few months and uh, it didn't. It just kept growing. And I remember this one moment I woke up on the couch and I'd fallen asleep on the couch and I was, and the whole time I'd been like racking my brain, like what can I make as a product, uh, to, cause it was my goal to kind of make a product that could sustain me that I could work on for, and, uh, what could I make? And I think momentum had like 125,000 users at that point. And I was just like, Oh crap, it's right underneath me this whole time. It's right at the, t- you know, right under my nose. And so it took some time from that point still before it became less of a side project and more of a, a business. And, uh, yeah, but it, uh, it, 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 we did it and it's, it's growing now. And, uh, we figured out the monetization, which was a major struggle, a major challenge, uh, cause we didn't want to 
sacrifice the vision or or the experience um and we, we feel like we're getting closer to what we want it to be and yeah things are good it's um it's really interesting um that story that you just made and and you glossed over you said you said it very very briefly um as you were talking mm. but i wonder if you could go into this a little bit more that i know um obviously there were different points in your life that inspired you to create momentum but were you also suffering yeah. from your own productivity challenges as well yeah one, one thing i always think of um the concept of flow which gets talked about a lot um and sometimes i have a hard time getting into the flow and then i remember reading at some point well an important component of flow is it needs to be challenging um, and that's the thing that kind of hooks your mind in. And I was like, oh, man, that was like the piece that brought it all together. Um, and maybe there's a there's a quote we have in Momentum, which is dream big dreams, small dreams have no magic. And I think maybe that's part of it. Like, I think if we can kind of dream a big dream for our life, um, it can light us up in, in the direction of that, that dream. So some people claim that um, being connected all day every day um and just these they would say overexposure to digital devices that it's these things that impact their productivity but what would you say levi are some of the biggest challenges to productivity now huh, there's a lot of ways this can go um i just read an article the other day about open offices and how they uh interrupt productivity um just from all the distractions and everything um yeah i think I, th I think generally um, in our civilization, we've never really been at the point where it's impossible to get so many notifications, so many touch points. I think usually it's been the opposite. <clears throat> we've been isolated and it's been hard to, to be connected to other people and everything is two weeks away and that kind of stuff. Uh, and now it's all instant. It's all the time and you can talk to everyone at once. And it, even the way I talked with my friends, I noticed it's changed over the years uh, by text. We used to have these like really rich and engaged conversations. And maybe part of it is that I'm getting older and people are, and I, actually I think that is a big part of it. Uh, but I think also people are um, also kind of developing the way they communicate in these channels because, uh, you know, at, at first it was this novel thing and we could have these like really rich conversations by text. And then at some point it's like, well, I'm also talking to five other people and I'm trying to live my life and I'm trying to do my work and all this other stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think generally we're, we're getting a sort of notification fatigue, uh, and it, I think it's going to be a major, and I think it already is, but I think it's going to be something that we will develop sort of social mor mores around in terms of when you can, you can notify someone of something, um, and software will have it and it'll be like, it'll be in the legal system. Like I think maybe it even is in like France or Germany or something like that, where you can't. Like if a person is checking their work email after hours, then they should be paid and things like that. And uh, I think that's there's a lot of questions around that sort of thing, like notification or productivity that that uh, we're going to answer as a civilization. So, Levi, let's talk a little bit more about momentum. What is it exactly and how does it help people with their productivity challenges? Yeah, so I think one of the big pieces is letting people set a specific focus um, I think that sort of brings all kinds of psychological resources to bear when you set a goal or a focus um, like over the short or the long term so I think that's a big piece of it and another piece is eliminating distractions so um, for the longest time I think the kind of 
drive behind software has been to get more stuff in. We want to have more features. We want to, you know, show more news and we want to show everyone everything and they can click everywhere and do all these things and look how productive and functional everything is. And, uh, that's great. But I think for at least some humans, that's, that's not the way they flow. That's not the way they operate. And, uh, I think that we need, we need downtime and we need, uh, quiet and, and, and focus. And, uh, that's something that I wanted to bring. And also I just wanted to bring with momentum, just a little bit different of a take on what, what software can be. Um, I think that, um, it's a similar thing. Like I think the kind of legacy or the sort of (laughs) momentum of technology has been, it comes from, uh, very technical minded people and technical pursuits. And then it just sort of builds on top of that layer upon layer. Um, and you can see it even in, you know, like our website design was at first, it was a lot like a word processor, which was a lot like a Unix console. And it kind of just goes back and back and back. And then eventually we started to kind of rework a lot of that stuff. Now that sort of the functionality of it, like whether it's working or not became a commodity, like it was, there was no question and okay, it's now what can we do on top of this at this new layer that we've achieved? And, uh, I wanted to bring a bit of a different take to, to software and to make it less uh, accountant-y, not to pick on the accountants, uh, but just less like sort of technical and mathematical and more about connecting to the person at a human level and what are their motivations and what are the things that software can do to to impact them on that level. And it's it's as simple as it's as simple as just telling someone they look good or or saying hello. Um, those are things that are deeply ingrained in our in our in our in our conscious mind or subconscious, you know, in our culture going back literally thousands of years, if not millions. And is it, is it almost software's ability to do that, to represent, um, um, things like, um, I don't know, to represent texts like in these, um, in these kind of, um, inspirational, um, um, texts that you have with these inspirational aphorisms or, or representing nature. Are these the things that you're saying, um, help people to reconnect with what's important to them. Yeah. And I think even just saying good morning to a person and calling them by their name, um, I think, yeah, it has a major effect. And I think all those things, if you kind of build them up and, and even just the the nature of the the interface and the design, if it, if it seems to uh, like different types of animations, for example, if it's really quick and jerky, it'll kind of suggest one state of mind versus if it's really slow and smooth, it'll suggest another state of mind. And I think you can kind of build all of those things up into an overall experience that then sort of reinforces a certain state of mind. Uh, and that's one thing we are going for. I love that approach to designing software. I really love that approach. Like you say, it's not accountancy. It's not, it's not, it's not about making things go faster. It's about connecting it's not even about slowing down. It's about connecting. And I love that. And I'm, I'm really curious to know how you almost um, um, engineered that into the software so much so that my friend was, you know, nagging at me, <laughs> you know, Lawrence, you've got to try this because it's amazing. Yeah. And it, it's good that your friend is doing our marketing because I don't think we're very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think in general, um, it came from, well, part of it came from my focus on design, which is, it's not about how to make it prettier. Or how do I, you know, put lipstick on the pig? It's about, uh, how do I solve the needs 
uh, of this problem and how do I find out what the actual problem is and then solve that versus what we think it is. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I think it was kind of taking that approach and a bunch of other approaches um, and, and trying to make something that worked for me that I, that I wanted to use that would motivate me and help me focus and remind me of my goals. Uh, because I mean, inevitably time is passing and, and whether I work on something or not, or, you know, whether I achieve something or not, the time's going to pass. So I might as well be more effective while I'm, while I'm doing it. I was going to ask about the success stories that you have. Yeah. And obviously I've just told one, you know, my friend, he absolutely loves it. And, you know, really him and his team use it to great effects, but because you started, you started the momentum projects with productivity in mind, then subsequently you start to use the word connection a lot. Yeah. I'm wondering what benefits are there from people that decide to download and use momentum? Yeah, I think maybe I default to the productivity word because that's the most common word for this in software right now. It's kind of the category. Um, for me, it was more about, I think maybe it's kind of what I went to at the very start was how can I kind of light myself up? How can I put wind in my sails? So it was kind of that in terms of how do I be productive? Um, so in terms of other people, yeah, we get, it's, it's really a blessing. It's really an honor to, to, to hear the responses we get from some people. Um, when it comes to mind, uh, we got a message from someone and they, uh, had been going through some psychological challenges and their mental health professional, um, had recommended momentum as, as a treatment. And, uh, yeah. And uh, we, we hear stories like that, people. And one thing I really like is the serendipity side of it. So people, uh, they'll message us, hey, I was having the worst day ever. And this is like literally a perfect image for me and the perfect quote. How could you know? Uh, and we don't know. We just, it's just amazing things can happen when you kind of allow for serendipity like that and just sort of throw things out and you get some kind of novel, uh, new, new connection. Uh, in that moment but yeah we're really blessed we get messages every day of people that uh um that tell us of the impact that momentum has in their life and it's anything like i said from uh from a psychological thing to it just they just like looking at the picture or they like that that moment of centering uh in their busy work day so they'll pop open a tab and they'll get this nice photo and it'll just kind of slow them down for a bit and remind them of uh, what else there is in life uh, maybe give it some perspective you know, for me, having started having started this digital mindfulness product project, mm -hmm. I thought it would just stay in one in one space. I thought this would mainly stay in perhaps the digital and wellness spaces, right? Yeah. Because you know people would associate mindfulness with that. But it's just extraordinary how it's kind of gone out into say things like productivity, um, communication in general, mm -hmm. not just the enterprise, but just people communicating to help with that but then what was really interesting what you just said is about the role that transformative technologies like this have to play in things like mental health and almost like you know you have professionals who are prescribing <laughs> technologies for mental health and does that does that surprise you at all i think it surprises me that it's that's that it's us uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think that uh, yeah, I think that software can get a bad rap, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, creating stuff like distraction and fatigue. Uh, but I think it's also amazing and 
one of my like the example I always go back to is like the iPhone. Uh, it's just so amazing, or you know, the smartphone. Uh, it's just such an amazing device, and like to me, like the idea that we can look at, a, at Google Maps and look, you know, at a satellite picture of somewhere else in the world. Uh, that would have been worth all the money in the world, like 500 years ago, a thousand years ago. Like literally, it would have been worth everything that could possibly be paid for. And it's just amazing that we have the ability to do that, and that it's so novel to people now. What are some of the other things that you would recommend that other people do to improve the quality of their digitized lives? Okay, yeah. So I think, like in my life, things have changed since launching Momentum and since, uh, I guess, taking it more seriously as a business. Um, and I, I guess maybe I look at it as a little bit of a sacrifice. Um, so things for me have gotten a lot more hectic, uh, in terms of, I can't sit in peace as much as I used to, and maybe I need to more. It's like that Hindu saying, uh, if you're, you know, you, you should meditate something like 10 minutes a day. And if you're busy, you should meditate one hour a day, something like that. And maybe I need actually the more white space. Um, but it's tough with so many demands. Um, so that's been an adjustment for me and it's been a learning experience um, <clears throat> having to really uh, measure where all of my time goes and make sure that I'm putting it towards something that's important. And I think even for working on momentum in general, I think for me it was a challenge in the first place because uh, we weren't making any money for the longest time and uh, I had to I had to pay the bills. And at the same time, it's like, well, if I put an hour into this contract, okay, I got a little bit of money and I can you know, pay the bills, but at the same time, I'm foregoing putting that hour into momentum, which, you know, could impact like 100,000 people. So it's tough to make that decision. It's, um, it's a hard trade off, isn't it? When you're working yeah. on something you believe in, I, and the reason I'm punching is because I totally identify with that, you know, from not making any money for the longest time, but knowing that you know, it's, it's, I guess it's just, it's a question of time, isn't it? It's just a question of time and how much focus you can put into that project that you know is going to impact a lot of people, positively impact a lot of people. Exactly. And I think even believing in it would uh, at some point have a way to, like, I think if you focus on something, then eventually you'll figure out a way to make it work. And I, I think that's not like bulletproof advice. I think that not that I even want it to be advice. Uh, I think that sometimes a person needs to take a step back and maybe look and make sure they're doing the right thing and maybe there's another way to get to it. But I think at the same time, I think there's so many things that um, are so easy to dismiss, like, oh, you know, you can't do that because, look, nobody's done it this way before or something. And I think that if you look to a lot of successful people, they have listened to that voice within and they've just stuck with it and then they figured out a way. And uh, you hear everywhere and everything, you know, uh, various tech companies, uh, the investors told them it would never work. And the investors are the experts, uh, you know, demonstrably because they have the cash to put in, in in the first place. And uh, yet they, they go a different direction and they make it work, whoever it is. And uh, I think that's that's really important, I think. Uh, and I think that's something that I really learned. Because um, with Momentum, like people told us so many times that we were doing the wrong thing uh, in terms of how we were monetizing it and how we were, the direction we were taking it. And for me, it was... I wish I had listened to them less. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I just wish I had listened to myself more and doubled down on what I thought the way to go was because it turned out that is the way that uh, worked. And it might even be that it's just for me, that's the way that was going to work. And that's the thing that would that I would could believe in uh, and which was the thing that allowed me to achieve it. 
so um so for example i understand that um um momentum is very much positioned as a, as a, as a productivity tool but the way that we've been speaking about it is of course it's absolutely a productivity tool but it's almost um um it's been drawn into other areas of people's lives right into kind of for example with mental health helping people to get balance in the workplace right you use that idea of um you said the idea of almost like connecting people when they're in a kind of very digitized and perhaps a sterile place or a very noisy place like an informationally noisy place like an open office mm-hmm. that by using momentum you can become connected um connecting to what's important to you and I'm wondering whether you think that technologies like yours with, within that greater genre um, play a role in that I guess in um, I don't know I guess are important are almost like important to society not just helping people be more productive but are actually have a greater importance yeah no, yeah, no, that's good. I, one thing I always come back to is is Steve Jobs, uh, and for him, the computer was a bicycle for the mind. And I think the thing that really brought him to it was the wonder of it, the the potential of it. And I think that's what distinguished Apple products is he was able to kind of harness um, those deeper needs and emotions and then infuse them into the product. <clears throat> and I think that that also. Um, in the sense of the hierarchy of needs, uh, where we have survival at the lowest, and then we kind of build up, and then eventually we get to stuff like like meaning and self actualization. I think the I think software follows the same pattern. <clears throat> I think that at first we need to address the most basic needs in terms of you know uh, organizing information and optimizing like certain workflows and stuff, and then I think further along, I think it eventually comes back to the human because it's the human that's using it and what's the human's needs and how are they more effective and it might be that at some point in terms of the functionality you can't really add another feature to make it perform better but if you help the person feel better maybe it'll work twice as 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 well and uh, i think that's an important distinction to make in terms of how you quantify performance even if you want to get into that kind of stuff uh, because there's this huge wildcard in the middle of everything which is the human and uh there's so many unknowns in there and so many things that you can that you can use awesome so levi what is the future what is the future for momentum what is the future for momentum well i I think for the longest time it's been how do we execute more of the vision how do we take some of these um yeah some of these ideas we have for what software can be and for how it can can help a person and how do we how do we execute them and a lot of that is uh having the resources to do it which has been building the plus version so that's been a a big focus of mine and it's been it's been a distraction in that sense but it's also been a good learning experience because i've had to learn more about uh operations and making sure we we achieve certain things and execute certain things well and uh but it's it's kind of led me a little bit away from uh, sort of thinking about the bigger picture uh, because we're on the day-to-day kind of execution so much. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I guess to answer more specifically, um, yeah, there's a lot more we think we can do. We can bring in long-term goals. Uh, we can we can bring it to a team, you know, context, like you mentioned your friend. Uh 
there's there's nearby things we can do and i'd like to take it deeper too um i'd like to have more information in it um you see it in games uh a game will have like a little tip screen or something when it's loading or a little did you know um and we don't really see that in software it's sort of like you get this you get this installed software and then it's just kind of got this this one state and and it's you either know how to use it or you don't and um now we have this concept of onboarding so we we make sure we kind of teach the person at the very start how they need to use the software because after you're done the onboarding you're going to be tested from then on out and you'll never get to see this again so you better study it um so i think that that can be better solved in terms of the software itself can be more uh accommodating of the learning curve um and it doesn't have to be like an on or off state or like a, a single onboarding state and then not um and maybe the answer for that is is ai driven interfaces so kind of progressively making it more um detailed or functional as the person themselves uh has develops a better understanding um of the software uh but that's kind of more general for momentum yeah i think we just we just keep on working toward uh the vision for it and uh seeing where it takes us in this age of hyperconnectivity and digital distraction what would you say are the most important human traits and how do we cultivate those human traits um, i'm not sure what i would call a trait versus uh, a state of mind or a mindset um I would say the things that I value are I think compassion is is a big piece of it um kindness which is pr- probably related to compassion um and I think joy is a big thing that gets forgotten a lot um even in the eastern religions sometimes I think that this concept of extinguishing the self uh as the path to uh enlightenment is i think that i think that we are individual and snuffing ourselves out isn't necessarily the best way to go and i think that there should there can be a mixture of being calm and also being excited uh in our individuality and the things that bring us joy um as opposed to like an agitated joy um in terms of the modern age technological age i think a lot of what we need to do is is unplug and reconnect and refocus and uh i think that that's something we've tried to put into momentum uh like a little connecting moment with oneself um because there's no shortage of you know as we talked about there's no shortage of stimulus i mean you can you can go home and literally never have to think about yourself ever you can you can binge netflix you can drink you can you know uh take pills there's all kinds of things you can do to avoid uh yourself and there's a there's a, a line by i think it's John Kabat-Zinn or it's his book or something and it's it goes wherever you go there you are and uh that's the thing i think that you can kind of distract yourself from yourself for the longest time but inevitably you'll be there and uh that's i think a big piece and i think in that um grit and perseverance and stuff is really important around kind of entering those those tough internal states those tough inner emotions uh 
which can sometimes feel like dying. It can feel like, you know, it can feel really fearful and stuff like anxiety and depression, which is more and more a thing, or at least we're recognizing it as more and more of a thing. Um, and I think on the other side of that is, is those things like peace and joy and compassion and calmness and surrender. Um, but I think it's, it's tough to kind of, to go through that. And it's really easy in the modern era to, to never have to. And you can see, you can look around you and you can see all kinds of validation about why you never should. There's all this advertising and you should just do this thing. And there's always, you know, all these lives and you can live completely vacant of exploring yourself. And I think that's uh, really unfortunate. Leroy, where can people find out more about you and your work? Well, there's our Momentum website, which is momentum-.com. Um, and there's another interview I did quite a while ago, but I think that's about it. Um, other than this podcast is the first one I've ever done. So <laughs> I'm kind of coming out of my shell a little bit. So, I mean, people can feel free to, to contact us through our website or get in touch with me on Twitter or something like that. And, uh, we can have a conversation. Fantastic. Well, Levi, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Digital Mindfulness and, um, I've learned a lot. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. Thanks, Lawrence. And thanks for inviting me on. I really appreciate it.